This is Jordy Christensen. Ever. There's nothing to say but the 
one will save us as when the world that chaos will ride upon the lips. And you're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and Nanardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, Hardcore Warrior from St. Catharines, Ontario, with Chaos Rides the Apocalypse. Hardcore Warrior! And speaking of hardcore warriors, today on the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with Keith Morris from the band Off, who are playing a gig tomorrow, Saturday, in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, for free, for free, at the Rickshaw Theatre. Keith Morris also was in the Circle Jerks, Black Flag, and the band I'm going to play for you right now, Midget Handjob, Keith Morris, on vocals. Keith also supplied me with a whole bunch of music for me to play before his appearance on the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show. Right now we're just waiting for his plane to land, and as soon as his plane lands, he's going to phone in to the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show. That's Keith Morris from the band Off Again, who are playing for free tomorrow in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada at the Rickshaw Theatre. So, to begin, from Keith Morris's selections, actually this wasn't Keith Morris's selection, this was my selection. This is Keith Morris with Midget Handjob. Here's Midget Handjob. And then some Keith Morris selections and then an interview with Keith Morris on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Republican Ladies Auxiliary won't be performing fellatio tonight, as it wasn't in their books they read while in school, and it won't be played on piano by a drunken cat who's somebody's dad right here in the mouth of America. While large chunks of dark propaganda are being printed and peddled by ex-Nazi operatives who dress in their oldest daughter's apparel, dancing around with strange painted women wearing fashionable clothes, smoking gold-tipped cigarettes, blowing rings out their noses. cling to pharmaceutical products, liposuction, and credit lines. Only the finest fermented grapes and the nicest of wardrobes for our downward spiraling minds. Way. Gold 
tooth crime lords spit into satanic winds. Broken legs make for lopsided movements. Like handicapped frogs, put them all together in his Hieronymus Bosch scenes. Jack's black blowout, and the end result is 
muted. I'm so convoluted that I'm so agitated. And sometimes I think I'd be better off dead. Just like my cousin Fred. And you're still listening to the Nerd the Human Serviette Radio Show on CITR, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You just heard right there Keith Morris's pick, The Electric Eels with Agitated from 1975 featuring Nick Knox of the Cramps, pre-Cramps on drums. Before that, we heard The Adolescents with Amoeba from the complete demos 1980 to 1986. And before that, we heard Keith's band Midget Hand Job with Mail Order Revolution. Normally at this point, I would say, coming up an interview with Keith Morris of the Circle Jerks slash off slash black flag slash midget hand job. And hopefully Keith will be phoning into the Nardwar to Human Survey Radio Show. Touchwood. I usually say, well, coming up, we have an interview because they're playing tomorrow night. And I give all the information about them playing. They are indeed playing tomorrow night. Keith's new band, Off, at the Rickshaw Theatre. And usually I give ticket price. Well, there's no reason to give ticket price. It's free. Tomorrow at the Rickshaw Theatre in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. It's free. Just head on down there and check out Keith's brand new rock and roll combo, off. That's at the Rickshaw in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Coming up as we wait for Keith Morris of Off to phone in are more selections here personally chosen by Keith Morris of Off. Coming up right now, here's 45 Grave with Party Time.
you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You've just heard right there, the dictators with I Am Right. Before that, Mika Miko with Business Cats. Before that, Agent Orange with It's In Your Head. And to begin, the Keith Morris personally curated set on the Nardwar Human Serviette Radio Show, 45 Grave with Party Time. Yes, today on the Nardwar Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with Keith Morris, who is playing tomorrow night with his band, off for free at the rickshaw here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. To prepare you for what off sounds like, here's some off with Keith Morris on vocals. And right after that, we're going to follow it up with some fucked up who Keith Morris has actually guest vocalized with quite a few times. However, this track is not Keith on vocals. This is fucked up from the couple track CD doing a cover of the shop assistance but right now here's off with black thoughts and coming up an interview with keith morris from off circle jerks black flag midget handjob and many other rock and roll combos that you've heard and never heard of on the nardwar the human serviette radio show here's off Sleep at night. The one who 
You're still, still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there a little bit from TSOL from their Nitro release. Thank you very much, Offspring, for the Nitro record label, 19. 19- 99 plus 2 from the 2001 release TSOL Disappear and we heard the song Anti-Cop Before that we heard on the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show guest curated today by Keith Morris from Off Keith picked all these tunes Before TSOL we heard the Diesel Queens with I Like Cheese a split with the Insaints that actually was my Nardwarda Human Serviette personal pick. I'll have to ask Keith if he liked the Diesel Queens. Before that we heard Fucked Up with I Don't Want to Be Friends with You a cover of The Shop Assistants and before that we began with Off Keith's 
band who are playing for free tomorrow night at the rickshaw in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And we're waiting for Keith to phone in to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. Thought I'd play you a bit more off their tune, Darkness, and then a little bit of Midget Handjob, which was a band that was kind of around the same time as the Circle Jerks and then kind of disappeared and maybe still going for all we know. Midget Handjob. That was with Keith on vocals and members of Clawhammer backing him up. But right now, here's Off, who will be playing tomorrow night in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada at the Rickshop for free. Then a bit of Midget Handjob with Keith Morris on vocals. All on the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. Here's Off! <laughs> still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and Denardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And who do we have on the line right now? Hello, are you there, caller? Nardwar? 
Who is this? Nardward. Hello. This is, this is Keith, and I'm standing in the Vancouver airport, and all of these people are looking at me. I'm talking on this device. I don't, what is it, like an iPhone kind of thing? See, I live in a cave, so I'm not used to these kind of things. The modern technology, uh, you got to have one of these things. It's a computer, and it's a blow dryer, and it fucking vacuums your floor. Uh, am I allowed to use the F word on the, the air here? Yes, uh, feel free to do it. And actually, Keith, maybe I should do a formal introduction. I should formally welcome you to the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show by saying, who are you? My name is Keith Morris, and uh, I've been a member of Black Flag, the Circle Jerks, Bug Lamp, uh, let's see, the Whores of Babylon, and uh, you were just playing some midget hand job. And I'm uh, right now in a band called Off, O-F-F, exclamation mark. And Off are playing tomorrow night in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, at the Rickshaw Theatre for free, a free gig, Keith. That's, that's right, free, free, free. So tell your parents, bring your animals, you know, all of your de- domesticated animals, dogs, cats, goldfish, uh, flipper, you know, the, the trained uh, dolphin. All sorts of fun stuff. There's going to be all sorts of fun things. It's Sailor Jerry's. There'll be free, I believe there will be free rum drinks. You know, for all the rock and rollers, got to have their rum and coke and all of that fun stuff. Yeah. Keith, I was playing a whole bunch of music that you kindly sent me, some suggestions. Maybe you could tell the people what they heard. I gave the names of the bands, but maybe why you chose that music. So starting from the beginning, I played some Adolescence and some Electric Eels. Okay, well, you have the Electric Eels from... The the Electric Eels were from Cleveland. They were part of the Pereubu scene. They would probably be considered the first punk rock band to come out of Cleveland. Uh, Then you had the Adolescents, who are like our Orange County brothers, because we're in Southern California. That's where we're from. And I played played Amoeba by the Adolescents, but I played the demo version, because Amoeba's their biggest hit, isn't it? Wasn't Amoeba one of their biggest hits? Uh, Amoeba would have been their K-Rock hit, which K-Rock at one time was the most popular um, modern music station down in Los Angeles. And uh, let's see, well, K-Rock would also uh, blow up bands like X and TSOL, uh, Circle Jerks, Black Flag, of course. Rodney liked to play all of the girl bands, so, you know, 45 Grave, uh, the Runaways were p- very popular. Uh, that guy, Rodney Bingenheimer, popularized them. New York Dolls. You know, a lot of these bands led to or were planting the seeds to what some of us did after them. Like we would call them uh, very and highly influential on what we've been doing, what we did, what we're going to do. All of that, all of that stuff. And yeah. I, I played the demo version, the demo version of Amoeba. I played the demo version of Amoeba. And then I went on to play, just like you mentioned, some 45 Grave. And I played Party Time by 45 Grave. And I played Agent Orange, It's In Your Head. Anything about those particular tracks? How did I do picking out tracks? Well, you seem to... Uh be Mr. Obscuro rather than go for the obvious and find the compilation album with all of the tracks on it. You seem to have uh, 
done your homework, you, you actually own all of that material, all of that music, so it's not like you just walked into the music store, it was up on the rack, you grab it, and that's what you play. You actually uh, are more of a historian, and that's pretty rocking. What do you think of you're, party you're, time? Nardwar, but... Nardwar you're, a, you're a pretty rocking dude. Well, thank you so much, Keith, from Off, who will be rocking tomorrow night at the rickshaw for free in Vancouver. And I played 45 Grave, Proto Gothers. I played Party Time. I haven't actually ever heard that particular track. Do you know the track that I'm talking about? Party Time by 45 Grave. It was quite interesting, that track. It wasn't exactly what I thought. Well, the, the thing that, when I think of 45 Grave, the first thing that comes to mind with me with 45 Grave is, you are not my friend. And uh, all, all of these other tracks, it's like, what, what, what happened with 45 Grave is, they happened to, like, come after the, the like, first and second waves of punk rock in, in, in Los Angeles. And they just happened to be in this space that kind of crossed over into goth. So they were all like, they wore a lot of white makeup and, you know, it, it wasn't goofy like Kiss. It was more scary like the Misfits. Party Time by 45 Grave. Then I played Mika Miko. Business Cats, and The Dictators, I Am Right, and then I played some off with Black Thoughts. What can you tell the people about Miko Miko, The Dictators, and Off? Well, Miko Miko were this all-girl band. They, they no longer exist as a band, but all of the girls, the first time that I saw them, they were horrible. I, I just thought they, they were one of the worst bands that I've ever seen. But um, each time I saw them play... They seem to be getting better in leaps and bounds. It wasn't like, well, they're, they're kind of learning how to play their instruments. It, it was like each time I saw them, they, they just, they, be, they, they went from like an opening band to be, being a headlining band. And they, they had that kind of quality. Um, their drummer, actually, she was the one that probably became my most favorite person in that band. She actually lived in Vancouver for a little while, believe it or not. Yeah, and the, one of the really sad things that happened with them was they were all, like, hanging out in a parking lot, and she got shot. That's true. I heard about that. Is that really true? She got shot in the jaw. She got shot in the face. But she's, she's extremely lucky. I mean, come on. It's your, it's your face. It could have been her head. It could have been her brain. It could have been the, the end of her life. So she's uh, playing in a band called Dunes now, which are like a real fun band. Now the dictators, because I brought up fun. If you can't have fun and you can't party with the dictators, then um, there's the door. Don't let, it hit you on the, don't let it hit you on the ass as you're leaving. And go hang out with your parents. Party with your parents. If you can't party with the, with handsome Dick Manitoba, the handsomest man in rock and roll, ladies, then you're screwed. You got you got nothing going on because the dictators they probably uh, did they ever make it out to L.A. Did they ever make? Oh it yeah, yes, yes, like three or four times. But here's the thing with the dictators. See, when we think of, like, New York punk rock, we think of the New York Dolls and we think of the Ramones, you know. We think of 
the, the New York Dolls being the fathers of punk rock and, you know, all of that fun stuff. And then we think of the Ramones, but everybody fails to forget that the Dictators were the bridge between both of those bands. And I, yeah. And I played something from their more recent Norton era when they were doing stuff with Norton Records, the I Am Right 7-inch. Then I played some Off, and then I also played some Fucked Up with I Don't Want to Be Friends With You, which is a shop assistant's cover. And then I played some Diesel Queens. I don't know if you know the Diesel Queens, because you said you wanted a band called Die, D-I-E. And I wasn't quite sure what you meant by that. So I was thinking, what about Diesel Queens? I found that at the library. Do you remember the Diesel Queens at all? I remember the Diesel Queens, but um, Mario is sitting here next to the luggage carrier, and he's wearing an electric eels badge. And I went up to him earlier today, and I said, your badge is incorrect. It's die electric eels. Oh. Die, like, like in German, die... Die German, die electric eels. I'm so agitated. I'm so convoluted. Just like my Uncle Fred. I want to be dead. And you are Keith Morris from Off playing tomorrow night at the rickshaw in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada here for free. A free gig at the rickshaw featuring Keith Morris of Off. And Keith, some more music that you recommended I play. I played some T-S-O-L, but I played real later T-S-O-L. I played something from when they were on the Offsprings record label, and it was T-O-S-L Anti-Cop. Do you know that album at all? It was on Nitro. Um, I'm not familiar with that record, but their last record that they released, not the one that they gave away, but the one that they released was really a great record. I was, uh, I've hung out with, with Jack. We did all of that stuff for American Hardcore. We did a bunch of publicity for that. And as I was hanging out with Jack and I was getting to know him even better in his more mature, grown-up adult years, I mentioned to him that I was never a fan of TSOL. I never liked the ghoul, oh, I fucked the dead. You know, I was just, I never bought into that. But I told him that not this last record that they released for free, but the record before that, they worked with an engineer named, named Dave Bianco, who is amazing in the studio and the record sounded amazing the songs were great and it wasn't all of this ghoul you know i i i I went and i dug up all the graves in the graveyard all of that kind of stuff it's just just more rocking it was it was a total blast Keith Morris, and that pretty much brings us to the end of all the music that you selected. And I have some questions for you here, too. But thank you so much for providing all that music for the CITR listeners as you were flying in from Calgary. And I guess it's my first question right off the bat is, who is in off? Um, Well, I'm looking at Dimitri Coates, who is the guitarist. And he was in a band called, or still is in a band called The Burning Brides. They were a band that I worked with when I was working at V2 Records. They were one of my favorite bands on the label. They're like a three-piece power trio, uh, Black Sabbath, Nirvana, 
Beetle kind of stuff going on. Then I'm also looking at the fabulous, the fabulously handsome and debonair Mario Rubacaba, who is our drummer, and he's played with the Hot Snakes. He's played in Rocket from the Crypt. He also plays in a band called Earthless. He's in a band called Clickitaddy Katawi. And uh, he's also in a band called Spider Fever. And there's probably 800 other bands that he's played in. And then the superstar of the band is Mr. Uh, Stephen Shane McDonald, who is the youngest of the McDonald brothers. And anybody out there that knows the punk rock history knows that Stephen McDonald was the first and only bass player in Red Cross. And he started the band with his brother when he was 11 years old. And does Steve have a couple seconds to say a few words at all to the listeners out there at all, Keith Morris? Um, yes. And that is, uh, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody's in good health. And please, having, and please, we're, we're, once you hand the phone over, please hand it back to me if you could, please. Like, in other words, please come back to me. Don't hang up. Please, don't go away. Just want to get a few words with Stephen and come right back to you, Keith Morris of um, Off. Stephen is in Los Angeles right now. He had to fly back because he had some business that he had to take care of. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe you can answer to Steve questions when I get to those. But, Keith, what I was wondering right off the bat here is, did you save David Lee Roth's life? Did I save David Lee Roth's life? Yes. No, but I, I'm, I, I, uh, uh, I have partied with David, David Lee Roth a couple of times, and one of my ex-girlfriends, uh, when she was a cheerleader at Pasadena High School, uh, they used to have like a big party during the summertime. They'd have a big party because all of the houses were so big. They could have like a thousand people in their backyards in some of these, some of these houses. So they'd have these backyard parties during the summertime. And the, the house band, the band that would play at all these parties was Van Halen. And I'm not really a fan of Van Halen, but that's still pretty cool. I mean, I'd go to a party if, back, if Van Halen was playing in a backyard somewhere. Well, Off have a song called Black Thoughts, and thinking of Black Thoughts and Black Flag, Ron Reyes, the second singer, you were the first singer in Black Flag, recently had his 50th birthday party. And that's great for him that he's made it 50 years, and he's got a bunch of kids, and he has a beautiful wife, and he plays in a really happening band, and it's like... That's fantastic. That's great. That's totally cool. And he's going to be there tomorrow night. So um, bring your Black Flag records. Bring your Everything Turned Black album. And, uh, you know, you can get a couple of the guys from Black Flag, a couple of ex-members of Black Flag to sign your record. Yeah. And believe it or not, what Ron told me was is that you saved David Lee Roth's life because you were driving in a car and Ron was driving and he was mad and he was about to swerve into David Lee Roth and you pulled the wheel away. So David Lee Roth was not killed. Do you remember oh, so, that at all? So, so Ron, uh, Ron wanted to ram David Lee Roth. Yes. And I, I, uh, I, I guess in a drunken... Uh, heroic kind of moment, 
decided that, Ron, if you ram David Lee Roth's car, not only are we going to kill David Lee Roth, one of the greatest lead singers of rock and roll in the history of rock and roll, but you're going to kill all of us too, and it's just not worth it. Well, actually, it wouldn't have been quite that bad because David Lee Roth wasn't in a car. He was just walking on the street. So you changed history, Keith Morris. Well, if you can remember that at all, all I can say to that, my only response to that is, I guess, even though people might think that I'm an asshole, I've, I've got a heart of gold. Keith Morris from the band Off, what do you remember about participating in the movie Circa 82? What was the movie Circa 82 about? Circa 82. Wow. That would be the, is that the one with Don Bowles and uh, Jack Grisham? It is indeed, and I think even Sasha Gray might be in it. Um, Sasha Gray? Um, yeah, no, I, I know that she's a uh, uh, female adult actress. Um, I, don't, I, don't, uh, I don't remember that one. Your music is all over the soundtrack, and apparently you make a cameo as well. Circa 82, a porno, like you license some circle jerk stuff. You're actually in that. Okay, now, you, now you've reminded me Don Bowles is in that with me. And we're the, we're the guys at the record store. Like, you kids can't party in the parking lot. No, you got to take that somewhere else. Take that over to Fairfax High. How did you get involved in Circa 82? Like, you're not actually spurting and stuff in the movie. How did you get involved in it? Well, no, we're not really, like, acting and, like, climbing around and being in adult situations. Like, you know, when you watch a movie like that, 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 that are supposed to happen. What happened is that our friend Dave Naz, who was the drummer from the Chemical People and also played drums in a band called The Last, was the director. And he wanted to use punk rock music in his movie. You know, it's like um, one of these uh, adult movies that are... Um, directed towards younger adults. So, so it's like a, a guy who's in his mid to late 40s making, making movies for kids and younger, well, not kids, you know, I was going to say kids and teenagers. No, um, making movies for like all the guys that would be in love with all of the suicide girls, I guess would be the that would be the most appropriate and best way to explain that. Keith Morris, and we're speaking here to Keith Morris of Off, who's playing in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. That's Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, where we are right now tomorrow night for free at the Rickshaw Theatre with his new band, Off. If anybody has any questions for Keith, it's 604-822-2487. That's 604-UBC-CITR, if anybody would like to call in. Keith, I was wondering, you got... Debbie Gibson. How hard was it to hook up with Debbie Gibson? Like the Melvins, they had Leif Garrett. You had Debbie Gibson. That's even better. How did you get Debbie Gibson to participate with some circle jerking action? Well, she was uh, dating uh, the producer of our record while we were recording. 
and she happened to show up to hang out with him. And in the process, she heard some of our songs being blasted away in the studio and became a fan. She was like tapping her toes and jumping up around and down and wiggling her ass and, you know, doing all of, all of the fun things that, you know, all the fun people do. And we had a song where I wanted to have all of the gals from L7 come in and sing backing vocals. And it ended up just being... Debbie Gibson. Debbie Gibson. And I, I can't remember her name now. Oh, this is terrible. This, this, this makes me come off as an old senile man riddled with Alzheimer's disease. Well, tell me more about Debbie Gibson. Was she aware of punk rock at all? Had she heard of punk rock before? Well, she probably heard of it. I mean, it wasn't like I sat down on the couch and, you know, asked her her life history. But she was just in the studio, and her boyfriend said, hey, you know, let's do this. Just get up there, get by the mic, and do what you do. With Off on tour right now, and we're speaking here to Keith Morris of Off, you have some merchandise for sale, don't you? Do you have a Petty Bond t-shirt? That's pretty amazing. Do you guys have a custom Petty Bond? I hope I'm saying that right. Petty Bond t-shirt? It's Petty Bond. We have no merch with us tonight, or tomorrow night, or the next night, or whenever we play until we print up some more merch. I mean, we do have some stuff that's available um, you can get it from us on a uh, place at a place called Facebook through all all of that fun shit when you get on your computer, and it just dawned on me. It was Debbie Gibson and Susie Gardner, who was the guitar player in L7, that sang backing vocals on "I Want to Destroy You." That's amazing that you remembered that. Thank you so much, Keith, for delivering truth to the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show. That's what we like, truth, from Keith Morris of Off. Keith, what record label are you on now? Are you guys on Vice Records, really? What was the Vice connection? How did you get Viced? Well, we were originally dealing with Epitaph Records, which is my good friend Brett Gerwitz. And we'd gone in and we talked to their... You know, now now we're talking showbiz talk. We went in and we talked with their marketing guy, and he made a suggestion that we do a certain thing, which we were going to do anyways. So all of a sudden, the, the guy who is going to be in charge of a lot of the things that are supposed to happen with the band was suggesting stuff that we already knew that we had to do or we were going to do. So tell us something new, tell us something fresh, take us someplace else. And that was the reason why we decided to go with Vice, because they're not really like a big ultra mega, you know, record company. What they're good at is that they know where to go on the computer and they know where, like all the kids. 
Uh, and, they, and they know what's happening, and they throw parties, and they have events, and there's free Pabst Blue Ribbon beer, or there's free coolers, or, you know, there's free booze and free food, and there's three or four really happening bands where they do these showcases where, yeah, like, they're yeah. doing this thing in Lawrence, Kansas yeah. called the Garage Fest where there's, like, 30 bands, and they're all, like, really cool bands, like the Gories and the Oblivions and King Con and the Shrine and it's like these are all bands that we think are really cool and they're all bands that we want to play with the typical thing for us being accused of what we're being accused of would be to just go out for the entire summer and play on like one of the stages on the warp tour and i have absolutely nothing against the warp tour but it's it's like it's typical it's like, well, if you're a punk rock band, that's the world that you go to. And it's like, we'll go to that world, but there's other places to go. There's other things to do. There, there's other people to play for. There's other people to play in front of. There's more parties to play. We want to play in backyards. We want to play by swimming pools. We want to play out in fields. We want to play at a farmhouse. We... we being in the Circle Jerks and Black Flag, I've, I've played so many clubs and halls and places like that. That's all fine and fun and wonderful and groovy and bitching, but we gotta go. We gotta go to some other places. And we have a caller right now. Caller, are you there? Oh yeah, Norwood. Caller, go ahead to Keith Morris. Speak up if you could too. Uh, hold on, go a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit louder if you could, caller. Way louder. Yeah, you need to, you need to give me some more volume because I'm standing here in the airport and it's just like there's some big message coming over the PA and it's like, oh fuck. Okay. Somebody left their baggage in the middle of the floor and oh no, they might be terrorists. You can't leave your bags unattended. That's not cool. Well, we... What the hell? What's going on here? We do have a caller. Caller, are you there? I'm here. Go ahead. Give him help. It's Ron. Yeah. Keith, can you hear the caller? Caller. I can, I can just barely hear him. Caller, go ahead again. All right. Hey, I'm yelling. I'm screaming my head off. It's Ron. How you doing, Keith? Oh, it's Ron Reyes. Yeah, yeah, what's happening? Hey, buddy. I can't wait to see you guys, man. I'm just getting all excited. Well, you're going to be there, you're going to get it for free, bring your wife, bring your kids, bring your dog, bring your cat, bring all of your neighbors. I got it's free! Yeah, we're giving it away for free! Hey, we're, we're not even charging anybody, we're just giving it away for free. Hey, because because we're, we, we, we're just rich rock star guys and we're just... Give it all away for free. Hey, Ron, I was asking Keith about the story of Keith saving David Lee Roth's life. Could you tell Keith about that night, Ron, please? Well, I kind of messed the story up. It was actually at a Top Jimmy show at some place in Hollywood. And, and uh, at the end of the show, we were going out, driving somewhere, and uh, David Lee Roth kind of walked in front of our car, and I decided I wanted to kill him, so I decided to run him over. But, Keith, you were in the back seat... And you reached over and grabbed the, the steering wheel and prevented us from uh, uh, doing the old David Lee Roth in. So he owes you his life. And well, I hope you remember that. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of David Lee Roth, 
But the fact of the matter is, is that the reason David Lee Roth was there was because Top Jimmy was there and Top Jimmy played. That now, now it's coming back to me because Van Halen did a song about Top Jimmy. They loved him because he he worked in this place called Top Taco, and it was like any of the punk rock people that needed a needed a burrito or needed a couple of tacos, needed a coke. All they needed to do was show up, give them a couple of cigarettes, give them give them a beer, and you were you were fed for. You know, he'd give you so much food it would like last you. It would stick to your ribs and you know hang on to your gut, and so you wouldn't have to eat for a couple of days. So that was, uh, I guess, that was just part of my humanitarian effort. You know, to, <laughs> even though even though I'm a prick and a douchebag and like a punk rock guy who wants to blow everything up and kill people and you know destroy things in my heart it's like i, I, I still care for a few people so yeah i guess david lee roth does owe me a thank you uh, keith i would like you to tell the people of vancouver british columbia canada a little bit about ron rays like for instance ron recently had his 50th birthday party which was incredible greg ginn even came to vancouver and joined ron on a couple tunes what a night it was what can you tell the people keith morris about ron rays in black flag when did you first meet ron and did you see ron doing the flagging let's go back because I'm playing in a band now with Stephen McDonald, who was the original bass player in Red Cross. Yeah, baby. And Ron Reyes was the drummer in Red Cross. And we, we have this thing that we know, like Keith Moon, the drummer of The Who, he made a solo album. Um, John Bonham always probably wanted to play guitar and sing and didn't want to play drums, even though he was a great drummer. It's always the uh, guy in back who wants to be the guy in front. <laughs> and that would be, um, Ron, would, Ron would fall into that, being, having gone from being the drummer in Red Cross to being the lead vocalist in Black Flag. And he did an amazing job. I remember what made Ron so cool and such a great and perfect fit for Black Flag was the fact that we all hung out together. We played shows together. We partied together. We drank beers together. We did yeah. drugs together. We did all of that stuff together. <laughs> and Black Flag would rehearse in our space which was up above where Ron was living. And we'd open the door from our rehearsal space after we got through practicing, and there would be Ron sitting propped against the wall, drinking beer, and congratulating us on, like, a great rehearsal, and it sounded great, guys. And when I left Black Flag... Ron was the perfect choice, the perfect fit, because he knew the songs, he was familiar with all of the riffs, he was familiar with all of the lyrics, and he was able to, Ron was able to play a show with Black Flag like a week after he joined. So, it just... Punk rock, baby! Punk rock, daddy-o! 
<laughs> Let's make some noise. Hey, oh, you're gonna hear me. Oh, oh man, I can't wait till you guys start playing, man. It's gonna be fucking great. And Ron, what do you remember about Keith Morris in Black Flag? Oh, dude, Keith was the man. Are you kidding? I, I just, I, oh man, I just like he was the, the prototype. You know, I mean, and the cool thing about Keith was that. You know, he just came out of nowhere, you know. He didn't try to fit into anybody's mold or anything. It was just Keith Morris. I mean, he didn't, you couldn't compare Keith with anyone. It was like you contrasted Keith with other people, but you couldn't compare him with anyone. He just went to beat to his own drum, and it was just awesome, you know. I mean, he was just like live, he would improvise, you know. He would like read stuff out of like magazines, and you know, you never see him without a Budweiser. It was just a party, a good time. And a crazy time, and in your face, and no holds barred, man. It was awesome. When is the last time you saw Keith Morris, Ron Reyes? Hey, Nardwar. Yes. I've got a request because the territory that we're starting to traverse right now when Ron and I are complimenting each other... You're making it sound like we're just, like, giving each other hand jobs. Yeah. Well, that's the name of your band, Midget Handjob. I'm just oh, following... That was, no, that, that, was, that, was, uh, uh, that was a project to get me out of bed when I came down with diabetes, when I contracted diabetes. So, you know, we can thank Brett Gerlitz for that, but... Well, any no, other... Nardwar, the thing between Ron and I is that we can't pass enough compliments back and forth for each other. It's like we're bros. It's like, he's my younger brother. It's like Stephen McDonald. I hang out with Stephen McDonald. It's like, hey, these, we, we all hung out together. It was like, we were, it was like something out of a movie where, like, the Lords of Flatbush or yeah. uh, the Wanderers or... You know, the Dirty Dozen, or, you know, it's like we were just just a bunch of guys that were hanging out, and it was like we all had the same things. We had a lot of things in common. You know, we all loved the same kind of music. We loved drinking. We loved girls, you know. We lived at the beach, so we'd do some body surfing, uh, burritos, and Budweiser, and, you know, it's just... Is there any footage of you in Black Flag at all, Keith? Is there any footage, video footage? I've never seen any video footage. That's why I was asking all these questions. What does Ron remember? Because I've never seen any footage of you in Black Flag. Is there any proof that you were in Black Flag video-wise? I was never in Black Flag. It's all a big, it's all a big fly and fabrication. There must have been it was all made up. There must have been some TV all of these people running around. Um, I, I'd heard that there was actually. Some kind of like video footage. So you got to remember the, the the video, the handheld video thing was, yeah. you know, kind of like Jules Verne and H. G. Wells when they were writing about rockets and balloons and submarines. At that time, that uh, a handheld video camera was, oh, you'd, you'd you'd have to live in Hollywood to see one of those. That was George Lucas stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, that was Star Wars, yeah. man. <laughs> Any other questions at all for Keith Morris, Ron Reyes? No, man, I just want to hear about his band, that's all. I just want to hear about Off. Well, thanks so much for phoning in, Ron. Really appreciate it. Peace, man. See ya. Keep on rocking Ron, in the free world. Love you, bro. See right. you tomorrow night. And Ron, doot doo to loot doo And you're still listening to the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show. And dude, if any... Dude. 
And if anybody has any questions, it's 604-822-2487, 604-UBCCITR. If you'd like to speak to Keith Morris, who is playing tomorrow night for free at the rickshaw here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Keith, I have to ask you about this particular gig. Spinal Tap, Slayer, and the Circle Jerks with guest people in the band Chuck Biscuits and Flea? Uh, that would have been um, our lineup that we played a show at a place called The Music Machine. And it was, the opening band was Slayer. No, wait, the opening band was Spinal Tap. Then Slayer played. Then we played. And the Blasters were going to play after us. That's a pretty eclectic bill. And there were probably about 400 people there. And when we uh, played, people were just so scared of us that everybody, like, moved back 10 feet. It's just, there's this thing where, like, if you talk to Michael Jordan and he's playing in a championship game and he scores 800 points, they'll ask him, you know, at the end of the game, uh, so what was happening? And he would say, well, I was in a zone. I was in the zone. And it's like, even though that's a sports analogy, that's kind of like what happened. We were just, it was one of those nights where you couldn't, you couldn't do anything wrong. I mean, the worst thing you could do was one of the greatest things that you could do. What were Slayer like? Were you impressed by them? I was partying with my friends. And when I say my friends, that night would have been, um, and I, I, I don't like name dropping, but these were the people that at that time I would be hanging out with and going to bars and going to listen to music or rubbing elbows with. And that would be Jesse Lee Pierce from the Gun Club and John Doe from X and uh, Dave Alvin, who was also the guitar player in the Blasters. We were all like drinking buddies and drug buddies and partying buddies. So, you know, it was kind of like a party and everybody was just going backstage and coming out into the crowd and watching a few songs. And Slayer was cool and Spinal Tap was funny. And they, believe it or not, the guys in Spinal Tap could actually play their instruments. It wasn't like Spinal Tap was just some made-up thing where they had to learn how to play their instruments. They had, like, two months how to, you know, to, to learn how to play their instruments. It was like these guys had actually played in other bands. So, like, if you watch the Spinal Tap documentary and you see the history of Spinal Tap, there's a good possibility or a really great possibility that those guys played in bands like the bands that they played in that led up to Spinal Tap. Like the Flower Power Hippie Band, and there's the folky, you know, strumming on acoustic guitars. They probably, as, as kids growing up listening to music, picked up instruments and just, you know, played along. Like they played along to the Beatles and the Hollies and the Who and the Kinks. And then at one point they were, you know, strumming acoustic guitars to Donovan and Bob Dylan, acoustic, before he played at Monterey Pop, and, you know, all of that, all of that cool, groovy garbage. Keith so, Morris, what about Chuck Biscuits? I've heard that there was this rumor out there that he once played in the Circle Jerks, Black Flag, and DOA all in one night. He played drums in all those bands in one night. Do you ever remember anything like that happening? 
I don't think it ever happened. Maybe in one of his dreams, or maybe he was writing a story about like uh, like an ultra mega major punk rock festival. If there was like a punk rock festival, you know, he also um, played with Glenn Danzig, which makes him almost a, a misfit, even though they weren't as aggressive as the misfits. And he started in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, even though he was born in California. Canadian content. Oh, yeah. When was it? Bob, Bob, his older brother, Bob, and and, uh, R.I.P. Demwit. How about your Vancouver Circle Jerky and Connections? What do you remember about Vancouver and Circle Jerk gigs? Anything? Because you played more recently in Vancouver, too. How did those differ? Were they just as good as the old ones? Well, the, the, the last show we played in Vancouver was at the Commodore Ballroom, which is actually a really nice place. And you would think, why would they want to have something like that in a nice place like this? But one of the things that we've learned uh, recently is that people uh, – have started to become more respectful of their surroundings when it comes to some of these venues. Like if it's a shitty dive that resembles a men's room, they're going to break mirrors and they're going to pull child dispensers off the walls. And, you know, if it's a dump, they're going to act like they're in a dump. But if they're in a nice place and there's stuff hanging on the walls and, you know, it's more interesting and, Maybe uh, all of the clubs have closed in town, and they're looking at maybe the last venue that is available for anybody to play in. They might uh, become of the mindset that it's like, you know, we've ruined enough things, and we, we don't have very many events that we can go to anymore. We don't have too many places to go where we can hang out and party and be with our friends. So maybe we need to... Uh, show a little bit of respect. Maybe we don't need to break out all the windows and uh, light, you know, drop uh, cherry bombs into the urinals and the commodes, pull the sinks from the walls. Winding up here with Keith Morris of Off, who are playing tomorrow night, tomorrow night in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, for free at the, at the Rickshaw Theater. Yes. That would be Friday night. In, at the rickshaw in, in the beautiful city of Vancouver, yes, which is British Columbia. Now, I've got a question for you. Where are the fires? During the inter- oh, Saturday night. Excuse me. Yeah, sat- tonight's Friday night. Okay, yeah. See, uh, that's, that's my Alzheimer's kicking in. Uh, yeah, so where are the fires? They're, they're while, in- we were, while we were in Calgary, it was like being in the smog of Los Angeles. They're in the interior of British Columbia, but sometimes the smoke comes down here to Vancouver as well, so there might be some smoke here around from that. But hopefully the only smoke there'll be tomorrow night will be the smoke from off, powering it through at the Rickshaw Theatre tomorrow, Saturday night, in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and winding up here with Keith Morris hey, of Nardwar, Off. Yes. The only, the only smoke tomorrow night is going to be like whatever anybody is smoking, but... Uh, there'll be some smoke blowing out of my ass, and I'll be going off like a rocket ship, and I hope that my head doesn't get stuck in the roof of the rickshaw. 
That's a well. You'll, it's a long way up, actually, but you've never had trouble going up, have you? What is the biggest stage dive that you've done? Have you ever done a stage dive off a really, really high stage? Um, I, I leave that to the professional uh, Olympic divers. And that's why you're still around today. Keith Morris of Off tomorrow night at the rickshaw. And like I Which said, is Saturday night. Yes, Saturday night. Tomorrow, yes. Saturday night. The Circle Jerks and Jay-Z. Is there a Circle Jerks Jay-Z connection? I heard that Jay-Z did a video shoot at somebody's house that might have been associated with the Circle Jerks. Oh, well, the rumor is, is that I own a mansion in Beverly Hills. Now, when, when you're in Southern California, if you're going to buy a house, if you're a rich rock star or you're a movie star or, you know, you're a rich politician or you're somebody that's ripped off a lot of people and made a lot of money doing it, you would live in Beverly Hills and there would be gates and large fences and uh, there'd be a fountain in the front yard and you'd have a circular driveway that leads up to your house that would fit probably 50 cars. You could park 50 cars in the circular driveway and it would be an Olympic-sized swimming pool in the back. And uh, the rumor has it that because I'm the rock star that I am, that I own like two or three of these mansions in Beverly Hills, and I like renting them out for uh, adult, uh, when they're filming adult movies, because the, the swimming pool just, it makes for a perfect setting for like some kind of wild fuck fest. And I also rent the mansion out to all of these rich, hip-hop artists who bring in their crews and uh, they'll uh, drain the swimming pool and fill it with wine or champagne or ripple or whatever they like to drink. They'll throw some ice in there and all the girls will, like, all the, like, big fat-ass girls will be shaking their asses and jumping up and down and there'll be a big trampoline and there'll be some guy trying to play rock and roll circus and they'll be filming, like, part of Tony Hawk's skateboard video game thing on xbox and all of that fun shit so you know i'm set for life i i i don't really have to ever do anything else ever again i mean i could just be hooked up to a respirator and just stay in bed all day so that that's how the the money the the, the money and the cash flow flows for me it's floaty dough yeah dude 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 how about the movies were you really in sid and nancy I uh, made a special guest appearance, and I was in the jail scene with Sid Vicious, and my feet were the feet that were shaking on the side of the of that scene, rather than me being like a full blown actor in that scene or an extra in that scene. They filmed my feet shaking like. Um, we're just a bunch of junkies in jail and we're jonesing and we're coming down off junk and yeah, that was a, that was a real swell one. Was Courtney Love in, was Courtney Love in that scene? Um, not that I know of. If she was, she, well, maybe she could have been part of that scene. Maybe she was one of the people like a, uh, a PA or somebody holding one of the wires or, you know, putting film in one of the cameras or. You know, clicking the board that they, the board that they clack together to say scene thirty-three, 
take 33, clack, and then they start filming, yeah. Did you ever consider Courtney Love for your gun club tribute band? Never. She, it was not even a consideration. Because she loved she, the gun club. She loved the gun club. Um, well, we didn't know that. See, the, the tribute band was made up of all of Jeffrey's friends. That was kind of the... Like, the, the main rule, the number one rule, uh, was that you had to have partaken in drugs with them or drank with them or lived with them sometime or, you know, rescued him from the homeless shelter or whatever. You know, it was like you, you had to be part of his circle. And there was, there was a really great, intimate circle of friends that hung out with him Texacala Jones Texan the Horseheads Mike Mart Bob Forrest from Thelonious Monster Lastly here Keith Morrison thanks for speaking to me Nardwar to Human Serviette again Keith is playing tomorrow night at the Rickshaw Theatre and that's Saturday free. night that's Saturday night for free in Vancouver British Columbia Canada with his brand new band Off at the Rickshaw now, also in Off is Steve McDonald, and I had read a couple of years ago in Maxim Rock and Roll that Steve McDonald was at one time kidnapped when he was very young by a female Germs fan. Did you ever hear about this? Is that true? He was kidnapped by a Germs fan for like six months. Well, one of the things that happened back then, there, there, were, there was a, a, a wave of younger uh, punker dunkers, people that hung out, Stephen McDonald being like 11, 12 years old, it would be, at that age, it would be, be real easy for him to be ab abducted by a bunch of crazy punk rock girls, you know, tossed in the back of a car and driven over to West Hollywood, the Plunger Pit, you know, right across the street from the Starwood, they just grab him and throw some duct tape around his mouth, he could scream and yell, but he was just a little kid, so, you know, how would he fight his way out of the grasp of all of these hot, fantastic, steamy punk rock gals. You know, all these kung fu, kick-ass chicks that, you know, weren't going to take any crap from anybody. And, you know, they probably would abduct him for a weekend, but his parents would want to know where he was at, and then he would have to explain, well, we went up to see the Runaways, and, you know, I was... Uh, one thing led to another, and I ended up in the trunk of a Chevy Impala, and the Chevy Impala drove me to, like, West Los Angeles, and I ended up being trying to be brainwashed by Darby Crash and all of his followers, the cult of Darby Crash, the, the Germans who turned into the germs. And you're still living that, too, because you're still hanging out with Don Bowles, drums, drummer for the germs. Oh, he's a freak. He's a complete, utter freak. What happened? You know, they, they, they got back together. They've actually been playing shows. What exactly happened with that hemp soap arrest? The, the, the what? When he got arrested. Didn't Don get arrested for hemp soap? For having, like, oh, hemp it, soap? You, you, you can go to the health food store. They have a uh, uh, shelf of this soap that uh, 
It's like a natural soap. You can use it as mouthwash. You can brush your teeth with it. Uh, you can wash your hair with it. You can scrub toilets with it. You can wash your dishes with it. You know, there's like 500 things that you can use it for. And it's natural. And hemp is one of the ingredients. And so the police thought, well, oh, he's drinking it and, and he's out driving in his van, which means he's going to crash and get in a wreck because he's drinking this hemp soap and, you know, he could be mixing it with gin and vodka or whatever he's doing. And the fact of the matter is, is that the company that manufactured it finally came to his rescue. He was in jail for like three or four days and they finally, when they got wind of it, they came and said, you know, we're, we're on, on, on all of these shelves in all of these different stores, and obviously, if this was some kind of product that was going to um, get people high, it wouldn't be on the shelf. You know, if we were some pharmaceutical company, of course we'd be able to get away with it, but we're just, you know, these natural organic people that are putting out this product that's got 500 uses. It's good for you. It's good for the environment, you know, and so they, they, they came to his rescue and it uh, apparently uh, they, uh, it was Orange County, they ended up just saying, go be free, go do what you want to do. It's not worth, you know, harassing this 55-year-old guy who's driving around in this beat-up van and lives with some... 16-year-old girl in Buena Park. Keith Morris of Off, what did you think about the ska mod garage scene, i.e. Greg Shaw's Cavern Club? Like, I noticed that Black Flag played with Madness. What did you think of bands like the Untouchables from L.A., the ska band from L.A.? Did you ever go to the Cavern Club, Greg Shaw's Cavern Club? Because I know the first gig you ever went to was Love. That's really garage. Well, the situation with the Cavern Club is that I only went there once. I was too drunk to remember it. I, I wish that it would have been the night that Tom Petty was there because he wrote a song about the place. But um, as for the ska thing, I didn't really pay that much attention to it. I mean, I liked that first wave of, oh, wait, the, no, excuse me, like the second wave of like British ska bands, all the checkerboard black and white bands. I could hang with them, but see what Scott turned into was an excuse for like the ugliest guy in school who played a trumpet to like get in a band and jump around and, you know, get laid. So, I mean, more power to those guys, but it's just not a place where I would go. It's not a place, it's not a thing that I would listen to. Uh, the garage thing, on the other hand, is we're, we're, we're completely submerged and drenched in that. The Seeds and Love and Standells. What did you think about drummers? Was Robo really the last drummer that you spat at? Um, that, that situation was... You, had, you, you would have to take into consideration that at the time we were playing, there was no such thing as monitors on stage. You had to rely upon just like being able to hear and feel certain things. Like if you're standing in front of a drummer, you want to be able to feel the, the air coming out of the kick drum. 
you you would be able to you you would be able to have that hit you in the back so you would know you know that the drummer is like kicking on his kick drum and the snare when it cracks you should be able to hear that it should cut through all of the bass and the guitar and you know people smashing bottles and throwing bottles and bottles breaking behind you and in front of you and so what would happen is if Robo was kind of wimping out on drums, kind of getting girly-like, kind of like not playing like he would in, in practice, I would turn around and I would spit at him. And uh, occasionally I would hit him, which is, it's not a really, it, it, it's not a nice thing to do. It's not a cool thing to do. It was, I think it was just basically out of frustration, out of anger, and... What it would what it would do is it would force Robo to think about the lead singer and how much he wanted to just fucking punch my face in, and he would start taking it out on his drums, which meant the volume on his drums, his his hits, his kicks, his bashes and splashes and cracks and crackles and all of that stuff would come up in volume. So it would I would be able to to hear him. You know, and after the gig, of course, he would give me an, uh, a nasty look, but we'd go off and do some drugs and drink a few beers and everything would be fine. Well, thanks so much for phoning into the Nerdwarda Human Serviette radio show here today. Keith Morris from Off playing tomorrow night, Saturday, in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, with his band Off for free, for free, right, right, free, right, Keith, free, right, right, right. F-R-E-E, free. Free Off. Freedom. Off is free to ride the breeze. Off is free tomorrow night at the rickshaw. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all, Keith? Have fun. Why should people care about Off? Why should people care? Because we are, in my mind, a really fantastic band. And there's a lot of bands out there that aren't worth paying attention to. You know, we're flooded with all of these. There, there, there's, there seems to be like 20 bands on every corner nowadays. You pull into these major city and you go into a restaurant and the guy who waits on you, he's in a band or he's writing a movie or he's writing a book or he's a future actor. But chances are uh, he's probably a piano player in a, in a really bad band. And there's too much of that going on. We we just gotta like Joe Strummer when he was in the crap when he was in the Clash said cut the crap you know we gotta cut through the crap get right to it get to the bone and uh, make it happen. Well, thanks so much, Keith. Keep on rocking in the free world and do do the loot do. Do do the loot do. Uh, uh, to you too. That does kind of work, but more doot doodle loot do. Doot doot. 